Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $50 to win $200. Just bet $50 and win $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. It's film review day here at Greenlight. Chris and Bo Allen are going to run through a couple games that piqued their interest. We're talking Monday night football, Denver versus Seattle, Cleveland versus Carolina, and what Miles did well to get back-to-back sacks, and Eagles versus the Lions. What a couple rookies from both teams did well and what they can improve on. We also have a couple Miller Lite mentions, and we're going to run through the NFL games we're most looking forward to in week two. Y'all enjoy this show, and also we've got another episode dropping later this afternoon. We'll be talking with Ken Golden of Golden Auctions. Make sure you have those notifications on. Enjoy. I'm going to open the show with a softball report. Y'all seem to like to hear about my uh, men's league softball exploits. Quick game this evening. I got bad back backy, Coach Backy in here tonight. Uh, and here. we came here. straight to the, to the studio. Right from um, the field. Good to put this one to bed. 24-hour rule. Correct. Do you know the final score of the game we just played in? A lot. I, I know the final score. I asked, I asked Fabio. I asked Skip the fucking final score. Skip as we were, and Skip was like bent out of shape about it. Like it was apparent to me when they were they were mashing dongs in the first inning that these guys knew what the fuck they were doing. They, were, they had guys that would slap the shit out of it into the outfield. They had guys that would park it, you know, into the upper deck. Like everybody knew their role. They batted through the lineup before we got it out in the first inning, dude. They put up a ten spot in the first inning before we even get the bat. Twenty four to one, we lost that game. We only got one run. Yeah, we only got one run. I had to stop a guy in the parking lot to ask him what the name of the team was because I, I need to shout him out. They're, it's called Sex and Softball. <laughs> They're really good softball More team. time for sex for them tonight. They sent us home early. They, um, they hit the ball really well, extremely well, yeah. a lot of home runs. And they didn't, it wasn't like they passed the eye test. I didn't like, when I rolled up, I was like, all right, just a bunch of other dads. Totally. They did it with a little bit of class. They did it with class. I really like that group of guys, man. You can kick our fucking asses anytime. 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 I don't care that my kids were there. My kids, this is, Reed, I had my kids show up because I didn't get to see them much today. And, you know, I was in Vegas and all that stuff. We were in Vegas. So the kids showed up tonight. The first thing I did when they showed up 
was try to hustle to the wall on a foul ball because you know you want to send the right message I pulled my hamstring tonight. That's why I'm sitting on a frozen bottle of water right now. Did you have to take a uh, injury sub? You subbed out? No, I didn't want to complain about it. Okay. So I stayed in. I switched to first base, put Kevin out in right field. And what did you say? That was, um, it wasn't my finest moment. I, um, it was about as unathletic as I've ever felt. Um, it was the most unathletic I've ever seen you look, bro. You walked in here, you I said know it was a circus? Some, he said, he goes, they had to put a tent over me. It was like a circus out in right field. It was like a circus right field. Out right <laughs> put a tent over it. Bro, it looks like... It yeah. looks like he got shot by American Sniper. He was going for a ball. <laughs> going back the, on it. And he got he got hit right as the ball got to him. Yeah. That blade of grass got me and just it was bad. I tried to you know, I pulled my hamstring. I'm trying to I'm trying to pick up a ground ball. I can't even get down to pick. I can't I ground into a double play. I went one for two, by the way. Thank you very much. But I, I was gonna ask. So it was good for, you swung so the bat well. Oh for three last well. week. Do they count it when week. you get on with an error? No. And so it's oh for three. Yes. So it was 0 for 3 last week, 1 for 2 this week, and I think it was 5 for 6 the first week. And we so you lost. Header. It was 24 to 1. You lost. Making a like this math. So you at least scored one run. Let's just double check. That's not a home run, right? You didn't. That no. one run didn't come from your home uh-uh, run. Oh, I didn't hit a home run. But these Got guys, it. they were like, honestly, I'm kind of wondering if there's like a rapid test. You know, they have rapid tests for COVID. They need to come come out with rapid tests for steroids because these guys. They had nine home runs. It was like Balco out there. I think there. they had nine home runs. Yeah, dude. And they were nice about and it. And I'm the all guy, right with bro. it. Like, I'm kind of sitting here being like, good for them. The guy in the fucking blue shirt, he hit two dongs, got on first base. I gimped over. I was talking to my kids. I walked back out on first base. He's like, hey, our kids are in school together. I'm like, bro, it's way too nice to be kicking my ass. Way too nice. Bombs, dude. The guys drop bombs. And then the guys are hitting dongs, and the kids are like, yay. And I'm like, nah. No, 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 no. It was a tent. It was ugly, dude. It, it was, was a ugly. tent over that circus, man. It was bad. The whole, the whole game. Everybody. The whole, the whole game. But so. I think um, we're gonna come back. We're gonna put this one. To I bed. don't know if I'm gonna come back. <laughs> You'll come Honestly, back. I think I need like my blood spun. Here's the crazy <laughs> thing: when I played in the NFL, I never pulled my hamstring all the way. Like you know, I I, I definitely strained it at times, but this was like a pull. It hurts right now. I thought. I never pulled my hamstring because I wasn't fast. That obviously is not the case, you know, like, because I've gotten slower and I managed to pull my hamstring. I don't know if I'm going to be back next week. I just wanted to break that news myself off the top. What so are you, you guys, putting yourself, right? Are you, like, you're questionable? Or? Yeah, I'm, there's a Q next to my name. Yeah. Yeah. I've been Red there. letters. Been there. Um, but yeah, you were just there. I was just there. Anything back? you suggest for rehab? Um, can always do the mini Cobras, dude. That was all. <laughs> Show them what is the mini cobra? Yeah, it's just a bunch of just, like just, core work. You know quick. the mini cobra? Yeah. Kingston knows the mini cobra. Yeah. Okay, I'll get on the mini cobras, and we'll be back next week stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. Plus, we didn't have Tom with us tonight. Missing Tom Hurts. I, I don't know if we'd make up twenty three. It runs. would not. <laughs> I was going to ask how Tom's been doing since he's been mashing won. the ball. He's our best player. He's. I think he's, he's our best player. Yeah. yeah. But you know. I think he could bring in half the Yankees against these guys, and maybe we'll be a little lost. Macon never comes to the games. He didn't he say our team? Yeah, he can't you say heard that. him on the pod saying yeah, that. Yeah, he can't say that. Okay, I listen to you guys. I want to hear. You know, yeah. I support it. It's not our. T- I, I he should play. I'd love to have him out there. Yeah, love to have him out there. Macon, open invite. Yeah, come out anytime. Open invite. You know? He can't wear those mid-length white tennis so- socks though. Do you think he wear khakis out there? No, he would wear. Uh, mesh shorts, mid-length white tennis shot, socks, 
and white tennis shoes. Tennis shoes. He would look like a tennis player. Yeah, we're just softball. All right. <laughs> softball, I don't know our record, but 24 to 1 was bad. Everybody's dying every day, but my body seems like it's outpacing the rest of, you know, like. It's called middle like, age. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we're dying, dude. Shoulder one week, hamstring the next. I'm probably going to have to get my prostate checked soon. <laughs> have you been in yet? It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But, I mean, what is the, you got to do it, though. What is, like, what is the process when you walk in? Are you talking about like yeah where they put the yeah you i mean i had about a seven-year-old guy do it to me and just was he, he gentle over. you got to bend over yeah i wish they would just let you like sit on a chair with a hole in the bottom like that is how i would prefer to get my prostate checked really? i don't want to bend over it's not like bend over and grab your your ankle okay i mean it's just give me how a quick room. is it how quick is it give me oh quick did you get a boner no <laughs> No. You know, some guys like that. It was the um there was no there is no movement at How, all. So it's like give me is it I got a double banger. Boom. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if, you know what? I've never talked about that. It's a good time to do it. Yeah, this is so 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 do it? they just yeah, do they just go do they just go it, it boom it's a poke and, it, and then it it's boom out. and you're in. It, boom, boom, you're in, boom, boom bang 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 boom. You're out. Bada, bang, I wouldn't even know boom. if it's bing bang boom, it's just boom. <laughs> You know what I mean? Just boom. And then you're like, oh, okay. Is he like, everything in there feels pretty good? You know, it was a couple. I, now I'm 43. I'm 43. So you're you supposed look to get great, this by the way. You look great, by the way. Appreciate I'm not going to ask you to bend over, but you look great. I appreciate yeah. that. I needed that after. Yeah. No, fuck. You look great in right field, but walking thing. around, you look. I still looked all right. All right, but there. yeah, just. Fuck. But tell me this. What? Is he like, does he warn you? You're going to feel a little. I think no news is good news in that no, situation. No, but before he goes in. I just, I mean, he puts the glove on, and I mean, the lube that they put on. It's just so heavy, you don't even feel it's it, like huh? Petroleum, I mean, it's beyond. Yeah, okay. Reed, see what you got to look forward to? Well, I was going to say, have we seen couples retreat? Have you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. you saying boom over boom. and over oh, again yeah. sounds exactly like the, uh, the guy. The yoga, the yoga guy. It's one of my boom. favorite guys ever. That guy is incredible. Yeah. I got Bo Allen tonight. Let's pass the torch uh, to Bo Allen, and we're going to talk a lot of football. We've got Broncos. We've got Seahawks. We've got a ton of news around the league and some deep dive film stuff for you film nerds. It's really going to wet your whistle. Stick around, Bo Allen. All right, and one more thing, you know, so, so you guys are ready for it. We're going to drop two pieces of content tomorrow, Double Drop Wednesday. We've got this Ken Golden interview that we've been sitting on for a couple weeks. It's over an hour long. It was a lot of fun. I feel like it was about an hour long, right, Reed? Yeah, it's 50 minutes. 50 minutes. Uh, you, know, you know who Ken Golden is? No. Kev, so you like baseball cards, right? Love baseball. Okay, this guy sells cards for like $7 million, dude. Oh, he's the guy. He's the, the guy. He's the is king he the of cards. Is he the auction guy? Yeah, he's an auction guy. He's the auction guy. No Golden kidding. auctions. Golden auctions, dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah he's wow. got some incredible, incredible memorabilia. And oh, the stories cool. are amazing. And like, honestly, Reed, I'm not going to lie. When Kingston suggested Ken Golden, me not being a trading card guy, I was like, I don't know. Are people going to be into that? And by 30 minutes in the interview, I wanted to keep him for two hours. I mean, the stories uh, and kind of, you know, the, the figures you're going to hear, the numbers, 
you know, kind of the background on, you know, Honus Wagner card and like where they find this stuff, the condition that some of these cards are in, some of the lost memorabilia, some of the does this really exist. I mean, this guy's amazing. So check that out as well. We've got some film uh, right here. We're looking at the golden auction Dude, that spans, website. That spans over generations. That's a beautiful man. website too. Wow. Look at that. So anyways, I, I'm actually gonna start trading some fucking cards and buying some cards and opening some packs on here because of Ken Golden. Y'all check that interview out. We're gonna do this a lot of Wednesdays. We're gonna have some nice long form interviews and we don't want you staring at a two, two and a half hour pod like you do most other days. We wanna give you a break. So check us out, Bo Allen and myself breaking down some, some cold hard film. And if you still got some, some gas left in the tank midweek, Ken Golden. Later this afternoon, that's gonna be out. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed helps star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Indeed assessments help take the stress out of the interview process. Your candidates get to prove themselves before the interview and you can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash bluewire. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash bluewire. Indeed.com slash bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the pod, Bo. Chris, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm really excited to see your face. Bo's going to be joining us every Wednesday this football season. We're going to be breaking down a lot of tape. You know, you don't get that trench talk on network TV. I'm excited to have Bo on. Excited to have him being part of the family. Bo, I just uh, got done... Uh, talking about softball on here, I want to tell you how my game went. I pulled my hamstring. Bro, hey, Chris, you know, get on the bike. Nah, dude. <laughs> get on the get in the hot tub. Get on the bike. Yeah, I don't think some, this is get one some of, stem. This You're is, gonna be all right, buddy. <laughs> this is not one of those, dude. The kids came to the game, and oh. you know, I wanted to teach them a lesson about hustling. A foul ball down the line, so I hustled to the ball. And uh, the thing kind of pulled, pulled. It wasn't like one of those things where I need to be load managed. <laughs> So. You always need to be load managed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, and and this is the full circle here because we did want to talk about Derek Barnett in a second. And I'm not making light of Derek Barnett. We love Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett yeah. tore his ACL. We're super bummed about that. But people were were adding me all day, like, "You ready to come back out of retirement, Chris? You you up? They're getting those you up kind of mentions." And I'm wow. like chuckling at my phone. I'm like, well, they had their chance, like when I was actually still in shape. Uh, <laughs> but but this pretty much cements it. And in my head, a little bit, like when you read those, you're like, maybe I could. And then I go out and play softball and fucking explode my hamstring. So um, to anybody who's wondering, that's where I am. Okay, we'll talk about Derek Barnett. I'm bummed for this kid. I just want anybody who 
who knows who that is. Maybe you're a Philly fan. Maybe you, you're a Tennessee fan. Maybe you, um, and by Tennessee, I mean the Volunteers, where he came from, and I think he broke Reggie White's record there. The reputation on Derek Barnett is, you know, he's a first-round pick. There's some disappointment there because of some of the numbers, depending on who you ask. Me and Bo are huge fans of the guy, and, and even the player, man. Like, he plays right. hard. He sets a tone. Um, yeah. the, the one problem that he's had has been durability. I mean, some people have complained about especially in Philly, if you watch all the games, he plays on the fucking edge. So sometimes he's gotten dumb penalties. Right. Having said that, we love Derek Barnett. He was fun to play with. And uh, I just, I'm pulling for him. It's going to be tough, man. This is, if you're yeah. going to tear your ACL, week one's the time to do it. Um, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Silver linings. I mean, it, it is fucking shitty, man. There's no other way to put it. And people, it really bothers me when people say players have durability issues because every single fucking player in the NFL has durability issues. You play long enough, like you're going to get fucked up. That's the nature of the game. But uh, DB is a really consistent, has been a good, really good player for, uh, you know, the Eagles. And obviously we're a little bit biased, Chris, but yeah. got a feel for him. It's fucking hard. It's going to fuck up the D-line rotation a little bit for the Eagles and, yeah, a little bit of a morale, uh, you know. That's why I was just, being. That's why I was in week one. Yeah, that's so. why I was getting the you up uh, mentions. But well, <laughs> speedy recovery to our guy Derek Barnett, who uh, who we are definitely big fans of. Seattle, Denver. Okay, like right off the top, yeah. man. Like that game was wild. I'm just gonna tell you how I feel about it, <laughs> Bo. Um, yeah. it, well, first off, let's start with the booze. Do you think the booze, how do we feel about boo gate up there? Because I don't fucking get it. I don't know. I mean, I, what do you, you tell me how to feel. I don't okay, know. Yeah, I, on one hand, it's like, am I even surprised? Not really. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. Well, I was surprised. I didn't know they had it in them. Like I know because I played yeah. there once a year that that's an extremely loud place to play. And I know right. they're kind of fucking crazy. They have that kind of like, uh, Dude, they it's have like that, booing big, big Dick Nick at the link or something. Well, even, <laughs> even, even more perplexing because the guy was there for a decade and was like, right. You know, he was he was a big part of the community and all that stuff. And hey, listen, I know they shopped him a little bit, but the guy wanted out. So I get it if some people are a little sour about it. It wasn't like he was in street clothes, like going to, to fucking wave the 12s flag up there. If they boot him up there, there's a huge problem. I, I saw a lot of people, you know, there's like your timeline calibrated reaction to something. And then there's your true feelings, which usually are kind of the same for me, but sometimes I'll read the room. Cause I don't want to offend anybody about, you know, Russell Wilson. You don't want to offend anybody, huh, Chris? I don't want to argue on Monday night. I'm trying to watch the game. So I, I, I'm looking at my timeline and people are just taken aback. Like you would have thought they kicked a baby in Seattle, but, um, the way I felt about it was kind of, I was agnostic. I was just kind of down the middle. I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, it kind of sucks. It's probably a code break. I mean, the, the guy gave you a lot, um, but it's a football game. And ultimately, uh, although it's kind of unprecedented, me and Reed were talking about, was there ever a guy that came back to town and trotted out of the, the tunnel like that? This is a long awaited return. Like the whole offseason, right. we're scheduling this game. They led with this game. You know, I, I just don't think people saw it coming. I didn't have it on my bingo card, but yeah. it didn't make me mad for some reason. It and didn't I make think me I kind of liked it a I little kinda bit. I kind of liked it. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah. It it's like, some fun drama, but I mean, I love, I play with Russell in Wisconsin. I love him. He's a great guy. He's an easy guy to boo, I think, you know? Yeah. He, he's probably the best guy in the world about it. You well, know, like, oh, Seattle. Like, 
12 you know i don't know well he like, probably expected cheers and he was he ran out of the tunnel dapping up kevin bacon and hollow man both sides uh and was listening to probably tony robbins on the bluetooth and and then he hears the booze and it's probably just fucks up his whole vibe and the reason i'm not as mad at seattle as maybe some people as a fan base now this is their deal with the devil they had to make because you risked your relationship with that player as a fan base for one win in September because make no mistake about it part of the reason you won that game was those boos Russell was rattled he was off he was off from the beginning the very first ball he threw in the flats was high and they were on his head the rest of the game I told you he, you know I was talking about it last night on fridge talk I don't know if you know about fridge talk, but some of, some of my followers probably do. I'm doing these uh, these videos in the fridge. I don't own a ring cam, you know, a ring light uh, like a lot of yeah. these podcasters, these industry folks do. Uh, yeah. I just stand in front of the fridge because the light is great there, oh, and wow. I just wanted to cool. brand the segment. So I usually on an edible right after the Monday night football, I just pop over to the fridge. Last night I pop into the fridge and I put my laptop inside the fridge because I got a note or two there, and I, and I rest and I rest my I rest my wing on the fridge because you know softball. I'm tired, uh, and there's fucking white wine everywhere. There's Napa Chardonnay like there's an inch of Napa Chardonnay like the playing surface is bad. I leave for two days. And it smells like a bachelorette party in the uh, in the refrigerator. So Meg, not being That's very your work zone, dude. This is my Come workspace. On. Respect the workspace. Yeah, I need more buy-in from upstairs. I need more buy-in from yeah. from the front office. Um, Meg, we can monetize this segment. Anyways, what I said in the fridge talk was just that that he was off and he he was missing early and and he uh, threw a pick that should have been a pick in the end zone to Diggs. Yeah. Um, he just dropped the ball. He hit Jamal Adams so fucking hard in the face with that ball. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jamal Adams didn't see it. No. <laughs> I, holy yeah. shit, Bo! I thought I yeah. thought they were gonna come down and check him out. Like I thought Seriously. the people upstairs were gonna be like, "Yo, <laughs> are you good?" Yeah. So, so like he, so Russ was rattled, man, and that offense was rattled. The noise yeah. was was was. You've played up there; it's crazy. False I mean, that's starts, a great. The it's whole a fun thing. place to play, even as an opposing. It's just it's interesting whenever you play, you know, in a in a stadium that as an away team, especially as a quarterback that you, that was like your home atmosphere for so long. Like, it's kind of like a, Oh shit. Like this is how the other half lives, but it's even magnified in Seattle just because of how loud that stadium is. It's like engineered to be loud. And there's people talk about, you know, there's only a couple stadiums in the NFL that really have that effect. I mean, Arrowhead is one of them too, that comes to mind, but I mean, it's interesting to see Russell rattled like that. Cause he's usually a pretty, you know, pretty straight, straight edge guy. Uh, well, but yeah, well, I mean, there's there's a lot of interesting things about that game, man. I thought Seattle's O line played really well, or like a lot better than I was expecting too, because it's a pretty young group. Uh, I work out here with Jr. Sweezy, who was a longtime uh, Seahawk. We used to Seahawk, we used to bang right. in the trenches, man. Yeah. yeah, he's a meathead trench talk, baby. He's a meathead, um, and so we were talking about that game a little bit. And he was kind of gassing up the uh, Seahawks O line, which I was surprised about because he's usually pretty. You know, you call him a hater compliments <laughs> <laughs> from one hater to another. Yeah. You guys uh, are like the, the haters just, ball there. Who's we're buck like nasty? the old heads that like get in and are like working out, just bitching about young football players. Yeah. Well, Charles it. Cross is a, is a real good player. I just want to hone in on that because, yeah. uh, that guy, that guy's been good all preseason. I thought he was good. A lot of last night, he gave up two sacks, but yeah. the sacks weren't on him. 
They're good top-down rushes by Chubb, who I love. I love Bradley Chubb. Yeah, Chubb's Chubb. a good player, yeah. And he's, he's a, a hell player. of a challenge for week one because he's so physical. Yeah. Um, but but those rushes, Geno's drift into 11 and to 9, so much so that Pete Carroll even mentioned that. And he wasn't throwing Geno under the bus, but he, you know, he, he said, like, hey, listen, I'm protecting my left tackle here. He's still pretty fucking good. I mean, he yeah. gave up two sacks to a real good player uh, on balls that, that probably should be out or Geno should be climbing the pocket. The right um, tackle, Abraham Lucas, gave up two pressures. He played well. Yeah. Also a rookie. Yeah. So yeah. overall, man, uh, and then, good night for Seattle. I mean, like. Yeah. And I want to talk about Seattle's uh, defensive line for a second, too. I mean, forcing two fumbles in the end zone is huge. That's, I mean, that's points off the board. And uh, Al Woods has been around for a long time. Like, that's yeah. a big motherfucker. In yeah. There. When and he was he putting playing well. Guys, yeah. He yeah. Was, and then Shelby over. Harris, that's a Wisconsin guy had a really good game so he was part of that russell wilson trade and he had some fun little commentary after the game i love um, that i love that and it's about that yeah I, and that's kind of funny he played fucking good too like i think he had um a big tfl and maybe like a four, one of those forced fumbles like i gotta look it up but um two fumbles in the red zone is brutal for denver like Brutal. Well, it's brutal. The fumbles, the turnovers, and you said Al Woods played really well. Nwosu was disruptive. I love what mm. what they added in 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 that dude, and he looks good in number ten. By the way, Waylon <laughs> picked his soccer number this morning, and it's a big deal because, like, you know how it is. A kid picks their first right. number; they kind of stick That's, with it. He picked number his 10. number forever. Yeah, and, and Cowboy, who wore number ten in soccer. Messi and Pele. Yeah, so my kid's gonna fucking pay for all my um my medical bills when I'm older. Those um, hamstrings. Yeah, dude. So, anyways, uh, Nwosu was good. You know, I love the Taylor kid from Tennessee, the edge rusher. Late in the game, that kid looked like Frank Clark running off that football. You know, it, it's so loud up there. Cliff Averill made a living jumping that snap, man. Um, and they, they've yeah. got an exciting group. On defense, the corners played pretty well. The young corners, all things considered, played pretty well. And they're wi they're willing to tackle. There yeah, was some, know, there fun. was some fucking hitting going on down on that field. The the hate hate was in the air, man. And and yeah. this is the main thing is like Pete Carroll acknowledged it after the game. You know when they asked him in so many words why it was so heated, and and Pete Carroll, you know, I'm paraphrasing, was like, "Well, I'll ask the guys about it." You know, like yeah. I don't think <laughs> that Russell is terribly well liked there. I'll just say that. I'm not saying every guy dislikes Russell, he's a bad guy, but there are there are bad feelings about the way it went down at the end. And the fans let him have it, and you could tell it was a little bit personal. There was no like, hey, playing him off with an ovation at the end. There were no there was not a big group hug at the end. Um, I think it was just Russ leaving in a bad way because it didn't go the way he probably envisioned it. And you know he's a big visualizer. He's gotta be one of those visualizer guys. I used to lay in my hotel and be like, let me do a visualization. And then I'd think about like porn or something, <laughs> you know, like I just, that's I just, the truest fucking thing you've ever said, man. Yeah. yeah you're just like, you're, <laughs> you're laying in bed and you're like, I'm going to get three sacks. You know, I heard on, do you know, I heard David Goggins saying, you just visualize things. And I just laid, yeah, obviously David Goggins didn't say that, but I'm just saying, you know, these guys and their motivational speakers. And I'm like, if I could just visualize it, I could do it. It never worked that way. But Russ visualized a game that went way differently. And I don't want to bury the lead here. Nathaniel Hackett had a big hand in this thing. Like, I don't care if you're on the road, um, you know, and it's super loud, like your guys got to be ready for that. Number one, yeah. you know, false starts hurt them early. They hurt them late. If they don't fall start on, I think it was second down 
down in the red zone. Uh, they're not kicking a field goal. And then it's like, good luck, Geno Smith. Like, you've been great. Now go lead a game-winning drive. Okay? And I don't know that that was going to happen. Uh, I was on the under, and I was on Seattle. And I bet Seattle as soon as Seattle uh, booed Russell Wilson because I knew it would get in his head. But Nathaniel Hackett uh, is probably the lead here because his first head coaching big decision not to mention the play calling wasn't great in the red zone. Um, you got Javante Williams, one of the best players. He's probably maybe your best player on offense outside of the quarterback, uh, depending on who you ask. I don't know, Cowboy. You're the Broncos fan. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, the the wide receiver group is really, good. Is really, really strong. But, but Javante. you saw him in the running game and in the in the uh, passing game. Third he down, really he bailed important. him out a couple times. Exactly. So I do want to I do want to shout out that that linebacker for the the Seahawks who made that that play. Um, on the screen pass late in the game on that last drive because if it's not for that play I think they get the first down eventually uh, and he affected down and distance that was big um, But but Williams was big a lot of, a lot of yardage that he got back on third down He bailed him out a few times and he was dropped in coverage a couple times, but Nathaniel Hackett um, Deciding to let McManus boot that ball from the fish market was like man It was a 64 yard field goal sure at mile high the air is a little thinner but you might want to take into account that you know this guy's one of eight north of 60 yards. So what you're saying out loud is that your quarterback, who you just basically married, like you guys are married now for as long as you're going to be in Denver, okay? This is the honeymoon. It was like the couple in White Lotus is how that honeymoon went. Uh, because Yeah, right? Because it's fourth and five, and you're telling me that Russell Wilson has less than a one in eight chance of converting on fourth and five. I said it today, if Drew Locke was my quarterback, I would have trotted him out there to make to, to make that conversion, let alone a, a, a Hall of Famer who wasn't playing well. Um, but I would have t- just don't trust kickers, man, when you don't have to. And uh, I, I don't know. He'll learn, man. And I thought today he was very accountable. Nathaniel Hackett was. You got to be proud of that in your head coach. Are you going to like Nathaniel? Well, how do you feel as a fan, Reed? Are you like, fuck, here we go with this guy? Or are you like you? At first, right after the game, it was like, oh, here we go again. Like, this is going to happen week in, week out. This is going to be a tough time. But we responded well to the uh, – in the second half, the Broncos only allowed 34 yards. And Russell Wilson became uh, only the second quarterback to win 100-plus games with the franchise and then lose his first meeting against the franchise in the Super Bowl era. The other quarterback to do so, guessed. It wasn't Tom Brady. It's Peyton, it's Tom Bra- Peyton right? It's Peyton. Peyton is, it, is it Peyton? Yep. Yeah, because they lost um, when he went back to Den- or to, the to, Colts. to the Colts. What? When in was that? It was oh, that was that prime time yeah. game. It was super high scoring. Yep. Andrew Luck beat him. Yep. I remember that. I remember yeah. watching that in St. Louis after one of my. That's a great trivia question, Cowboy. Um, so as we move on, I I, I want to say this. I didn't pick the Broncos to go to the playoffs. I'm not taking a victory lap. But did it color me shocked they went on the road to Seattle where it's ungodly loud and didn't play well. Uh, they're not as good as people think. They they need they need time to grow. And Seattle's probably Geno Smith allows them to play with a high floor. And there's some young, exciting players on defense, so maybe they're better than we thought. Geno was a lot better than than we thought going in. I mean, in the off season, it <laughs> yeah. was uh, Geno versus Drew Locke, and it was basically the reporting was that both quarterbacks were actively trying not to win the job. <laughs> but the first half, he was seventeen of eighteen for one sixty four and two touchdowns. He uh, this might be finished, a sell high thing here. Yeah, right? yeah, he finished with a with a decent looking stat line. He didn't do much in the second half, but 
the fact that he was making those plays in the first was and they were able to jump out to such a lead was really impressive. Bro, he threw the ball across his body like he was fucking Brett Favre after he had a couple completions. He was like, speaking of Brett Favre, uh, Google that. Um, Anyways, uh, (laughs) segue out of Monday Night Football. um, ah, It's actually not that fucking funny. I'm laughing, but it's not that funny. It's just so bad it's funny. Um, All right. Cell phone. Uh, I have 571 unread texts, Bo, real quick. Uh, I wanted to ask you, is that like... (laughs) That's too many. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's stress. If you show me that, that's pure stress. Just trying to steer us out of uh, Brett Favre stealing um, welfare money to pay for volleyball. Asshole of the week. That that state loves Title IX, huh? Um... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyways, uh, chip blocks that came up this week, man. I remember I got chipped so fucking hard by Eddie Lacy in preseason. I was mad at him for like six months. I think, you know, I think I saw him at a nightclub a year later and was like, "Hey, man, you chipped the fuck out of me last year. What was that about?" Um, You were walking by him to the bar and you gave him a fucking shoulder. No, because it's fucking payback. The way I the way I feel about it is all all is fair in love and war. But Micah Parsons kind of does have a point, you know, like this guy gets home and you should really be celebrating the fact that he's like an alien out there. He's the most unblockable guy that you might see on a Sunday. And he played he, a really good game. He played really he, well. And he rushed really well. And then he immediately, and they took a tough loss and he immediately took to Twitter. Well, and that was one of the funniest exchanges I've ever seen, dude. <laughs> it, we live in an era. I feel like Twitter has evolved. Like maybe. I don't know, man. It seems like a new thing where like guys are kind of actively talking shit to each other. We're watching it unfold live on social media after games. And it's a fucking real treat, man. It is fun. I saw that and I was like, this is this a like a joke? Is this a and then people were chiming in. I mean, I, I can't get enough, man. Oh, a little bit like the WWE. It's this league, bro. It's major this league <laughs> yeah. energy from the NFL. It's all because because PFF was gassing a chip block. Like, that's it. I mean, I think Micah Parson, it's coming from a place of like, don't miseducate these people. It's not a pancake. Don't use pancake emojis on the fucking play. It's not a matchup that Leonard Fournette won. It's a, it, they're taking a shot at the best player on the field and they caught him when he wasn't looking. And, right. you know, like, I get that he's kind of pissed about that. I would and, be too. He and, got smacked and it sucks. And then the worst part is like, listen, if you have PFF, you're already upset about that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm sure he fucking probably graded out great. Like, he played really well. But oh, like, no, I'm fuck. sure PFF gave him like a 73. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Anyways, uh, so, so Von Miller chimes in, and Von Miller's like, yo, they should take that out of the game. And at first, I'm like, all right, we're getting a little carried away here because, you know, I was mad at fucking Eddie Lacy, but I didn't write my senator. Uh, now, <laughs> now, I totally get it, though, the more I thought about it, because what other play in football? are you able to launch into somebody's head and neck area? And it actually gets celebrated out in the open. Are they gonna find Leonard Fournette? No, they're not because he's an offensive player. And my question is, I watched football all weekend, okay? I saw them protect Baker Mayfield in the end zone. A guy landed on Baker Mayfield in Carolina, flag. I saw uh, Brian Burns engaged in the same game. Brian Burns engaged 
um, with Jed- Jedrick Wills and taps Jacoby Brissett in the helmet. Jacoby Brissett wasn't supposed to take snaps this year. That's my guy. But who are we protecting here? How much money is Micah Parsons worth to the fucking league? He's the best player on the team in your biggest market that's dying right now from a football standpoint. And you can't protect this guy? Yeah. You can't protect them. Some of the most expensive guys on the field. Follow the money, okay? Well, it's, I understand it's like protecting a quarterbacks, but protect yeah. the fucking edge rushers too. So you know, like, and I know Jeff Schwartz, my guy, was like, "Well, you know, ends run in and and crash into the, they run in and crash into the guard on ETs, end first, tackle second, stunts, and that's true. Sometimes we'll do pick stunts." To pick off the guard and but you're on the same level it's not the same a running back's coming out of the backfield a full head of steam and lining you up and you're not even like you're looking at the man that you're rushing you're not like you can kind of see that flash it's, i mean well you're actually you kind of won me over on this dude because i was completely on the other page when we started this conversation and you're you're out well, my you're, thing is if we're yeah. if we're litigating football the way we do litigate football we should I'm with Vaughn Miller, dude. I am fucking with you, Vaughn. At first, I was like, all right, well, you know, let's not get greedy because <laughs> I've gotten the fuck chipped out of me. But oh yeah, um, but there's no other play in football that we allow people uh, to tee off on defenseless players, uh, engage defenseless players, not to mention some of those valuable people on the field to the league and to their teams. So to Vaughn Miller, I say, you're a thinking man. I'm a simpleton. That take, Chris. Yeah, it's a good take. I feel like I feel good about that take. Okay, that was thoughtful. I like that. You. you won me over. I was about to argue the other way. So Not good. Well, don't do it because you might look, you know, like that elf at midfield in Cleveland. Yeah, brownie. That thing's got cut some... that noise up and like play it every time someone uh, says something. Like... <laughs> We used to say that so much in football buildings when somebody's complaining about something or just, oh, that's the noise they make. Well, that, That's like a noise that like a bully will make funny. Like you're getting an argument, you're complaining yeah. about something. Uh, <laughs> that, that shuts people down fast. Oh, just make that God. noise. Yeah, that's the brownie noise. Well, that elf, man, it's got major take my strong hand energy. And I asked Reed to look up where it came from. It came from Northern England. Back in the day, there was a, a fable of sorts the people in northern england the blokes up there thought that there was this little elf creature that came in in the middle of the night and did all the chores so when you woke up your house was all tidy and shit i need one of those fuck yeah dude that's better than a roomba <laughs> honestly um uh you're killing me tonight man oh thanks man thanks thanks uh, uh, okay shit. we've got some miller light mentions man hey miller light I don't have to enjoy it once a week. Why, why should I have to enjoy the mentions once a week? I mean, so we, we hand out mentions on Monday mornings. You heard some of them. Football season brings back many traditions we know and love. Touchdown dances, pick sixes, strip sacks, game-winning sacks, tackles, hitting the quarterback, and watching it all with friends in a cooler Miller Lite. The action on the field is reliable year after year. Pair it with the most reliable light beer, Miller Lite. My perfect Miller Lite situation, the air's crisp, the leaves are turning, I got a cooler full of Miller Lights, it's just warm enough to sit outside, maybe an outdoor TV, and I got about 12 to 16 of those bad boys in my cooler, <laughs> and I have three friends over because I'm drinking responsibly. Miller Lite is the perfect beer for football Sundays because of the dependable taste, your friends love it, it's got low calories and carbs, and it's just a sleek, beautiful can. 
since 1975, Miller Lite has been a mainstay in the stadium, at the tailgate, and in your fridge. No matter how your team plays, Miller Lite always provides a winning experience. With only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving, your only concern is the next third down conversion. And Miller Lite tastes like beer. Because if you're a beer lover, you don't want watered-down flavor. You want the original light beer. Football season brings back the big hits, so reach for the biggest of them all, Miller Lite. You can find Miller Lite pretty much everywhere beer sold. Or go to MillerLite.com slash GreenLight for delivery options near you. It's Miller Time, official beer partner of the GreenLight Podcast. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Can I start? Yeah, dude. I want some Miller Lite. If, if being part of the Miller Lite mentions gets like Miller Lite sent a fucking case of beer to we my can house. send you I'm some about- product. Perfect. All right. I can test that out for us. Uh, can I go? Are we ready? Yeah. You were talking about the, there was a, there was one that you, you were floating. So this is one I was floating last time I was with the pod. I was talking about beefcake of the week. Mm-hmm. And I think I was talking about Javon Kinlaw from the 49ers who was walking off the field, looking like a goddamn Urukai from Lord of the Rings yoked <laughs> out of his mind. Uruk-hai. Fucking yeah, that's anyway um so yeah beefcake of the week it's like lord of the rings porn get you off we'll talk about it later because uh, <laughs> you seem like one of those guys that you know like would go to a magic the gathering well, uh i don't you know, know if you're familiar like, with uh rings of power the new show on uh amazon prime it's it's in the lord of the rings you know universe uh it's been getting a lot of de- listen okay you gotta keep me on topic yeah man. but anyway galadriel yeah. could really get me off is kind of where i was leading with that moving on uh, cake of the week yeah so it's like kind of just like a stud guy the- that looks really good in the uniform looks and looks good out there looks good in a, maybe a sick pregame outfit anyway can i Chris, call it the dri- the drip king of the week you can call it the beefcake of the week but i think it, king of the week because you're you're talking about javon kinlaw <laughs> this guy looks like he could slam me through a pool table but yeah. but like but when it's I'm a t- broad term man yeah okay know? beefcake of the week i I sent you billy turner's picture last night um on the sideline on monday night this guy had just sauce bro this guy had sauce like i've never seen him out of his helmet and i was like this guy's got so much sauce he had the shades he had the beads he had the the you know the the perfect uh flat brim hat you know this guy was like sometimes when guys go out like me when they're hurt, like they don't, they don't give a fuck. Like there's yeah, a, issue gear, like issue whatever gear, they put in your locker. <laughs> pin a dip in my socks, like, you know, maybe a hoodie yeah. over a t-shirt. I'll give you that. But Billy Turner was, was on fire on the, on the sideline. On Here's Monday. a fun fact about Billy Turner. He is from Minnesota. I went out with him in Minneapolis and North Loop this summer. We did some drinking. We were at the Smack Shack. If you guys are familiar and uh, he had a cane. It was fucking sick. But no. it's like, you know how, yeah, you know how like some people have a cane and you're like, man, this guy's like wearing a costume right now. Like he had a cane. Like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't Billy a Turner's a cane guy. It was sick, dude. I was, I, he looked so cool that I, I was fucked up sitting on the bar. So I was like, I think I could, I could pull off a cane. No, right? you couldn't. Only, no. bro, no. this is big news. Like we need to call Madden and give him like, a, he, Madden needs to, uh, the, the fucking, his rating New needs category, to reflect drip. this. Drip. His drip rating yeah. is like a ninety-eight. If your drip, ca- if your drip rating's above a ninety, you can get like personalized uh, swag. <laughs> you can get swag in the game. <laughs> you know, in Tecmo Bowl, when cats were like, when they were hurt, they'd be they'd show them on the gurney going to the hospital or catching roses. Uh, yeah. You get a graphic of Billy Turner walking out of that stadium with a cane. Okay, he's a drip king. I like that. 
I'm also yeah. fishing for asshole of the week. So, you know, for, for people at home, um, you know, if you're following along, send us asshole of the week uh, nominations. Okay. I got a good one. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth, asshole of the week. Yikes. She had to go steal the spotlight from opening weekend in football. Wow. I fucked up. Okay. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I wasn't sure how you'd react to that one. There was a I guy. Was there's a guy in my group text that left the group text because people were making light of the situation. He's such a fan of the monarchy, and it's not Macon. Macon's not in the group text because he doesn't like group texts. The fantasy football group text was going off this Sunday, like guys just having fun, and he goes, "Can you guys shut the fuck up?" Out of the blue, that's Is my coach. No. But oh, Macon said that on Sunday? Yeah, in a fantasy football group text, but I'm in a whole other group text. Shout out to Stick to Sports. And, you know, like, we have a code, so I'm not going to say who it was, or, but somebody left over the queen. You know, we were making too much light of the queen. So he's probably not a big fan of you anymore, Bo. Yeah, well, smell you later, man. Okay, observation deck here. I mean, this is like, guys, there's a lot of football. My job... Um, as an analyst of sorts, is uh, through the week to catch up on all the games in all 22. Like, we watch the games on Sunday, but it's hard. I mean, like, you're watching all the games at once. I want to dig deeper. I want to talk about matchups. I want to talk about what we saw in some of the games that didn't get as much attention. Like, I barely talked about Browns-Panthers on on Monday morning. Um, for good reason, I guess, when I was popping back through the film. But that's an example of a game that I got to dive into this week. Bo, what did you see on film this week the eagles came up as well i mean people are making yeah. people were well, it's interesting so i you know freshly retired people are always asking me like oh who do you cheer for like what do you what do you like to watch well like first of all i like to watch football so i like to watch good matchups i was posted up on my couch on saturday watching fucking college football all day and then obviously sunday as well i was fucking on stream east trying to bootleg games like the rest of you guys one but of like, us <laughs> Yeah, what I'm trying to say is uh, I like to watch, you know, my boys that are still playing, my friends that I played with. Um, Sick you know, brag, that I you got friends. Yeah, I got friends, my guy. You should try and get some sometime. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I watched a ton of different shit. So what I was viewing for my observation deck, one thing that I want to talk about a little bit is a lot of guys out there with multi-sack games, Chris, and how fucking nice it is to start off the season. Like everyone always like a fucking phrase that is so used, you know, around um in the NFL is sacks, but sacks come in bunches. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Playing with house money. So if you can start the season off on a fucking high note and like have a multi-sack game for the opener, it's an unbelievable feeling. You feel invincible. So like Khalil Mack had three, Alex Highsmith had three, a bunch of dudes had two, Von Miller, everyone saw that on Thursday against his former team. Yeah, uh, Chubb had a couple, uh, Devin White had two against the Cowboys. It's a drug. Like, it feels like a drug. When you, best, when yeah. your job and you're so under the gun to perform and actually yeah. it, it, that one stat, yeah, How good do you feel going into week two, man? You have three fucking sacks. Like that's bro. That's I, I, I wish there was a guy in an alley that I could walk up to in a dark alley yeah. and be like, give me a sack. Not like a sack of drugs or like a, <laughs> but like, give a me, guy in a dark alley said, give me a sack. I'm looking for the feeling you get when you uh, get a sack. You know, like yeah. on third down at home, it's deafening and, and oh. the, the adrenaline rush, but also the relief. 
you know yeah. the relief just wa it's like a warm blanket that gives Did you it. supreme confidence it's like adderall it is how people describe adderall but if adderall was also relaxing the confidence <laughs> it gives you yeah so that's one of my observations i have a bunch of other random um stuff i mean don't let me get going but the giants Juan barkley 164 yards yeah he had i mean a great he, play he, on that shovel pass that catch like they had 238 yards yep. rushing total like they kind of gave the titans like a little bit of their own medicine you know i had a bunch of stuff about the broncos and the um you know seahawks but we pretty much beat that dead horse what you, what you uh, oh i can't say that anymore leave it in there i want the equestrian community to hate bo <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right what'd you see in the steelers game bo oh yeah the steelers game so um, I thought the Steelers defense was pretty impressive. Uh, seven sacks, four interception handle. Uh, I think two forced fumbles. Cam Hayward's a guy that I've always really, really liked. I mean, I think he's got to be 33, 13 years. Yeah. 33. I mean, but he's like a physical player too. And I don't know if he gets enough love for that. Like I saw him just fucking abusing that rookie, uh, left guard. And then, I mean, it was just fun to watch him. So I, I want to give him the man dog award of the week for just being like physical, fucking good player. I, I don't know if, I mean, I know he's a pretty celebrated guy, but no, you know, I think what, to watch, I, I think what hurts him and, and nothing hurts him because I think most football fans know he's one of the premier players we have in this game and has been like mm. wildly consistent. Um, yeah. But Cam Hayward is, uh, he's a throwback interior guy. Like, yeah. you know, he's not this twitchy. Well, he is no. twitchy, but he's not this like one gap guy. He's not super sexy. I, I mean, yeah. in a way, but it's, I mean, he played fucking good, man. TJ Watt obviously gets a lot of love on that defense and, uh, you know, unfortunate injury news with maybe a little bit of silver lining. I thought I saw some today that yeah. he might be back. Yeah, but, he might be um, back. That's a big deal. And Highsmith played yeah. really well. You know, Highsmith we were talking really about well that. Too. So yeah, the the Steelers they're going to get the the Pats this this weekend, and um, that's a game I'm really interested in. The Steelers, and I damn near bet that over win total. I talked about it. I didn't bet it. Um, silly me. They might start two and zero. I think they probably start two and zero. But yeah, no. I, I the Steelers had a big win. I wanted to talk about Browns Panthers because it was interesting. It's one of those games that kind of gets lost, but the storylines there were obviously huge. It was just we were busy doing other shit. Um, Baker Mayfield, that first half, the offense was just atrocious. I mean, uh, it, bottom line, it came down to it. I don't know if you saw that. I referenced the hit earlier, the Brian Burns roughing. Um, but they basically won that game, and I have no idea how they won that game. I'll tell you how they won that game. They, the Browns blew a couple coverages. I mean, that, that was kind of where they had most of their production in the, in the past game. And the thing that struck me about that was Ben McAdoo, you know he's a quick game guy, but early in the game they took zero chances, and I don't know if they were picking up on this on the on the in the in the booth, but Miles Garrett uh, is the reason the ball was out fast and the play clock was sped up so heavily uh, for for the Panthers. They got this left tackle Iki Aquanu, um, who's been a little bit under the crosshairs. It's early. He's he's a rookie tackle. But his first challenge is Miles Garrett. And when I tell you, and Bo, you know how this is. We talk about getting into rhythm. We talk about like playing with house money, getting a sack early. It too. It, it's really hard the first game to get in a rhythm. It's even harder when the ball's out quick. It's even harder when you never get a one-on-one. -on -one. 
I mean, they did everything they could. Chips, uh, you know, um, condensed splits, you know, where they kind of put a tight end right outside the edge guy and yep. just look at him just so he thinks, like, maybe he's going to chip me, maybe he's not. Yeah. Which is terrible, and it just kind of changes your rush. path. And he's so wide that you can't yeah. be outside him. And he, you, like you said, the rush path changes, so you yeah. got to tighten up in and split between the tackle and that that split down tight end or or wide out. Uh, they were throwing bunches at him. So what's so impressive about that is knowing from experience how hard it is when you finally get your one on one and you never know when it's going to come. You know, like the feeling of rushing, thinking, uh, and then all of a sudden it's time not to think at all. Miles, the first second he gets a one-on-one, just you know, ghost techniques. This cat. I mean, it's a three hundred pound guy, six foot five. I mean, he's not three hundred pounds, but he, he he looks it on the field. Ghost techniquing a rookie tackle. If you're Icky Aquano, you're like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? I've never seen <laughs> anything like this. He had two sacks in a row uh, in the second half. So, I mean, go back and watch that. If you want to see what the most impressive base defensive end uh, with a traditional body type looks like in the NFL, there's other guys like Micah Parsons is a linebacker, right? Um, TJ Watt, linebacker. Um, we, I talk about Daniil Hunter. We were talking about him off camera. I mean, like that guy's a total stud. How but, long he is. And but that, yeah, nobody yeah. Is, is, he's built like, you know, you said he reminds you of Julius Peppers, right? He's got that kind of build. He's got that old NFL base defensive end build. Like he's he's a big body. And I mean, he, Chris, Chris, I have a great body, so it's like you do. If, you're right. I, there's no one else I'd want to be. Yep. But if if I didn't have a great body that I have, I That's would want to be. That's true. Because he's fucking long. He's so explosive. But he's also really, really strong and powerful. Too. He's strong and powerful. And 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 listen, I I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch a lot of other guys on that defense, but I just want to if you want to see what it looks like to get a ton of attention in the NFL as a rusher and respond perfectly to it when you get a crack of daylight to shoot through that gap. I mean, this cat was like undefeated when he got a one on one. It was impressive. So Icky's going to feel a lot better next week, whoever they play. I was going to say, don't forget that they have Clowney, too, um, on that front. So, like, he's going to get a lot of one-on-ones, man. Like, yep. Let's watch that unfold. No question. Fun. And another thing for the Browns is, like, hey, Jacoby runs the offense, but you can see it. I mean, he misses some opportunities. I mean, he missed Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt had somebody beat. Uh, you know, he, he missed Coop a couple times. Cooper's going to be – Cooper I almost feel bad for uh, because he left thinking, oh, I get a, the massage king to throw the ball to me, and he's real good. Uh, but then he gets suspended for a long time, and I don't know how this is going to affect his money. How long is his deal, Reed, Amari Cooper? Because he got targeted a few times in the first half. It just looks like it's going to be really hard to get him the ball. And for a guy that you paid a lot of money, you didn't expect that you wouldn't get much out of him, and it's not his fault. Amari signed in Cleveland through 2024. He'll be a 2025 unrestricted free agent. Yeah, so he's got time. I mean, this is going to be a blip on the radar screen for him, uh, but he he was having a hard time getting the ball. But Miles, even when he wasn't getting chipped, he was like he blew up an insert play. He forces a hold. They moved him around. They moved him inside to hide him. Like he's impressive, man. If you want to see a guy that takes over a game and 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 they talk about him all week in film, go look at Miles Garrett. I mean, there's other guys. We talk about Khalil Mack. We talk about. You know, all these cats that had big defensive impacts this weekend, but nobody has a bigger impact without even stepping on the field uh, than Miles Garrett. But as I said, Baker, that offense, the first half was atrocious. You get to the second half of that game, they start running the ball on first down a little bit more. 
you know, that last drive that they got points, they mixed in some RPO, some screen game to McCaffrey. You know, Baker ran RPO really well in college, right? That's what he did, right, guys? So, like, if you can, if you can mix some of that into what they do and he can get comfortable, I think they might be okay. But he threw a bad pick in the first half, too. So, it's you're kind of trying to figure out who this guy is. I thought it was an interesting game because of all the storylines. Um, that's where I am in my film study this week. I had to watch Browns, Panthers right up until I drove over to softball, and maybe that's why I pulled my hamstring. I didn't go through my stretching routine. How about Tampa Bay, Bo? What about that defense, yeah. man? You watched that the other night. Right, yeah, so I'm down here in Tampa, and I got a lot of buddies on the team still and love fucking watching them just so I can call them up on Monday and shoot the shit with them. That I have some of my Bucks buddies uh, at the house, so if there's some background noise, that's what we got going on. But I actually do love that defense. We, we were talking about that this summer, Chris, when we did the um, NFC breakdown, what it would be like for Bulls to take over, and I really like Todd Bulls, man. Um, my buddy Carl was bragging to me that the Tampa or the Tampa defense is the only team to hold um, in the NFL to, you know, have their opponent not score a touchdown, which is, you know, not a small feat at all. But uh, a lot of guys played really well that, like I said earlier, Devin White had two sacks. Um, I, I don't think the Cowboys really did much at all offensively. And obviously Dak got hurt, which is a factor, but I don't know. I thought the defense played really well and offensively. Um, they did a good job too. I mean, they're uh, the Bucks' offensive line is a little banged up. Donovan Smith, I think, injured his elbow and was out for a lot of the game. Uh, and we talked about the offensive line too with Hainsey and uh, their left guard Gedeke. But yeah. I think they actually played a lot better than I was expecting to, them to. Honestly, like they ran the ball pretty well. Yeah, Lenny had a big day. Lenny had a big day. He ran the ball well. And he chipped the fuck out of Micah Parsons. Did you um, hear Todd Bowles when when Donovan Smith, uh, you know, like they were talking? This is always interesting when it comes out and it says the head coach says it's a pain tolerance thing on this elbow. Yeah, like that's I, like uh, such a thing. If I was a player, and, I'd be like, uh, my "What coach the fuck? said that?" I'd be like, "God fucking damn it!" Like that's you know your coach is like basically just calling you a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say that because I don't know. I think Donovan Smith's probably a tough guy, but I feel yeah. like it's just the, he's calling the injury you know minor enough that hey, it's on you, player. Yeah, you know exactly. which which is which is a tough deal. So yeah, they looked fast, man. They just they look good. I thought the the defensive. Uh, backs for the Bucks played really well, man. And I, I mean, everyone's talked about how the Cowboys don't necessarily have all the offensive weapons. Um, but I'm a big fan of the Bucks defense, primarily a lot because I played in it. But I really like the defense. I think they got some fucking good players. I mean, look at the like Devin White's really good. Levante David, I think, is the single most underrated player in the NFL, which is a big statement, but it's true. Carlton Davis is, I think, a really, really, really good defensive back. Shaq Barrett can rush really well. My guy Vita Vea had a sack. He's a fucking monster. Shout out to Carl Nassib. Really good fucking player. Um, <laughs> Nassib. It was fun to watch. I'm not much of a Cowboys guy. Uh, I think they might. We'll see how they. We'll see how they do this year. I well, I think they're going to do terribly. Um, and and I don't know that they're even going to go out and pursue a quarterback. I don't know if I would. Uh, just I wouldn't. Gonna, I mean, let let the thing burn down. You know, like in a forest fire, sometimes they'll be like, you just got to let it burn. You know, like yeah. you, control burn, control burn, or something like that. That's what Jared needs to do. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, 
I have great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. That's right, $200, 200 big ones on a $50 bet. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down, don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. All right, how about in the, the top of the NFC East? The Eagles, yeah. you know? Yeah, so we talked earlier, like I was saying, like, who are you a fan of? Fucking Eagles, obviously. Um, I'm sitting here looking at my Super Bowl jersey right here. It's not bad. Guy's a little biased. Guy's not living in the past. Yeah, get out of the yearbook, Bo. Um, but <laughs> it's a like lot of that. you're in your kitchen. Why are you? Why do you have a Super Bowl jersey in your kitchen, man? Yeah, I'm just whipping up some pancakes wearing my ring. <laughs> uh, but no, so I actually. Like I watched the defense, obviously, but I got a little bit more involved in the Eagles offensive run game than I was expecting to. Overall, I thought it was pretty fucking good. I mean, first game of the year, they ran for like 216 yards. They sealed it in four minute and they had a nice little quarterback sneak to kind of tie the game off. Um, a lot of positives there. I mean, I think the Eagles online is fucking good. Kelsey's my favorite dude in the world, so shout out to him. But Jalen Hurts' ability to run the ball is hard because defenses can't really match numbers on a lot of those zone reads. And then when you add in the RPO factor too, it just is really fucking tricky. They ran a lot of good uh, like zone or like zone week basically in the red zone. I think they score like two or three times on that, which is good. Um, I thought Miles Sanders ran the ball well too. That's a great sign for them. You know, yeah, like, he was a little bit banged up. I think he's kind of underappreciated for him I to come too. out strong with that. Some tackle over in four minute, which is kind of fun. Like just trying to steal the game, burn some clock. But yeah, I mean, I think the O-line was good. Run game was solid. I thought there's a lot to build off of there. I think Hurts in the run game is going to be a fucking headache. Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought I saw a lot of positives there and some good stuff, you know, to build off for the Eagles in their run game offensively. Well, and it helps when you have a tight end like Dallas Goddard who can actually block in today's game. Um, That's, you know, their group offensively, I'm not so worried about. I mean, it's just all about Jalen Hurts making the right decisions. Um, And defensively, you know, they were a little leaky against the run. I talked about this. And, you know, is the sky falling for that run defense? Not necessarily, man. Like, it's week one. Training camp's shorter. You tackle less. Uh, there's less yeah. preseason, and they just so happen to play a really physical offense that throws yeah. a lot of looks at you. There was a lot of wham early. I know. You yeah, know there's we, some we creative ways to the, get to it. Yeah. Um, you know, wham, um, a wham is a fucking so like for all you football idiots out there. <laughs> uh, wham is basically like it's usually a wing who will block down on like a three technique. Yep. Uh, and it, what it really does, it just splits the defense in half. Okay. And they can't, the lines came out with a really, it's really good against zone uh, teams that play zone coverages. Cause you can get your running back on the second level pretty fast. And it happens kind of fast too. And it's also one of those plays early, early in the season that you're kind of not really expecting. Cause once you get a feel for it later in the year, you can sniff it out. You can, before you get down your stance, you just look over at that uh, tight end or he's usually off the ball. Mm-hmm. And if he's fucking staring at you, you're like, all right, buddy, like, come and get it, you know? But early in the year, it's hard because you don't really know what the fuck you're going to get from some of these teams that have been game planning. Like, the runs that they run in the preseason are not 
what they're going to do week one. So I actually thought that that was a pretty good game plan by the uh, Lions. And I think that was like a 50 yard run in the opening drive or whatever. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. fucking hard, man. They did yeah. a good job with those whams, those counters. And what you said too is bad tackling, you know, bad that's, tackling. I don't, I don't know if people really appreciate how hard it is to fucking tackle a running back in the NFL, especially if you have a lot of open space. Uh, it's fucking hard. And, and, and here's the, especially early in the year, you got to kind of get a feel for it. Like the tackles, like the routine tackle later in the season is, you know, you just kind of got to fucking, you got to do it. And it's like almost like your first time really doing it. I don't well, know. Well, like it, it feels that way in the, new, in the new NFL because the, the CBA changed everything years ago. And, and every CBA, there's less and less contact and that sort of thing. And we love it. But the hardest thing is when a, a team goes out and lays an egg like this tackling, the coach always comes out the next day and is like, we're going to get better at tackling today. And then they're like, break down into stations to tackle like bags. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah do, do drills. <laughs> like, just do these half speed drills and stuff. So yeah. we're going to spend five minutes at the front of practice <laughs> to tackle. You know, and like they the, just cross that off their list. Yeah. Like, oh, we did it. We'll, we'll tackle well. Like, shut the fuck up. The, hard, the hardest, the, you, the hardest thing about tackling for a for a for a, a group that's not doing it well is like you you can't necessarily risk being injured in practice learning to tackle in in uh in 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 september or october the best time to do that is august so if you're behind the eight ball a little bit the only way to get into that into that rhythm is is game play and so uh it kind of just depends on who you, who you draw early in the season that's why you know who the I talked about Carolina and 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 um, and Cleveland earlier tackling Nick Chubb and fucking Kareem Hunt straight out of camp, right? Oh my gosh! Not only was it hot probably down in that field, but that's yeah. when you have to take they they killed him in time of possession. When you that first bus ride home, how sore are you after a football game, bro? Dude. Be, because because it's hot, teams are pounding you. The box was loaded all day. They knew what was coming, and those two yeah. backs were physical. And I know. The Eagles defense um, felt, you know, felt that game because that's a physical group. Now, on and the- I was somewhat impressed by the uh, the Lions offensive line. I mean, I, a lot gets made out of the teams that are on hard knocks, you know, just because like you get so much media exposure. Recency to them. bias, the hard knocks. Exactly. Line, and, yeah. and you're kind of like, and you kind of like fall in love a little bit with some of these. You just get a little hyped about it because you feel like you have good access to these players. And, and I never really buy into that. But I actually thought the lines looked pretty fucking good, man. I thought the O line played pretty well. Like, those good, are some dude. good fucking backs, dude. So I think, I mean, if we can talk some more specifics, if you want. Well, uh, on defense, the, the thing defense, that the, yeah. the lead in Philly is play Jordan Davis. I read a tweet earlier, Jordan Davis, and we love Jordan Davis. We had him on the show. I think he's a stud. I think he's going to be a really good player, uh, and I'm glad they picked him. But like, let's not conflate. You know Jordan Davis being on the field with Jordan Davis being the reason for for you know holding them to forty four yards on fifteen carries. Mind you, when Jordan Davis is on the field, a lot of the time he's zeroed up on a nose. So you're committing inherently to stopping the run when Jordan Davis comes into the game. So if you're asking for more Jordan Davis, what you're saying is we need to commit to stopping the run. And uh, one thing that Jordan Davis's big body does being there zeroed up over the nose uh, or over the center is that uh, the three techs are a little bit more free, but that's schematic. Um, And I watched the 22 plays. This kid's, this kid's going to be just fine. Like just pump the brakes a little bit. I I think they're going to be fine, but what they got to do is tackle, man. Some of these long runs, we just talked about that wham. There's two, two back end guys that need to knock that down for seven yards. I mean, that's 40 yeah. yards right there. 
what does that do to the averages? Right. So, you know, and a lot of times if you're in, you could be a nickel, you could be in a sub, you could be in a sub pack, you could be, you know, these are different packages. I don't know what they're calling the package when Jordan Davis comes in. Probably but, base, you know. You know, it's a, it's a, but it's a big base package. Right. And, you know, you could get in sub because you're just trying to get after it and pin your ears back. I want to say this about that defense before we finish this off because it's a lot of Eagles talk. Josh Sweat is ready to take the next step and become a star in this league. Yeah. And, you know, I'll I can get some more snaps with uh, Gumby. With I mean, Gumby out, with Derek Barnett out. But more than yeah. anything, they stole him where they got him in the draft because yeah. of his knee. That was it. I after. actually trained with him down in Tampa. He trains at this gym I'm at. He's a uh, stud, man. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's a he's a fucking good dude. He's a great you know dude. I mean? Sweaty J. So shout out to Sweaty J. He looked good out there. He just plays at a different speed. Yeah. I you saw know. some really nice rushes from Fletcher too. Like that yeah. motherfucker is always yeah. gonna be Fletcher. Um but yeah, I mean listen, if we all know how reactive the Philly media is, let's just fucking let's get through week let's two. get through right? yeah, let's you know? get to week two without saying that, you know, like the one guy can save the day defensively for them. Right. The whole group has to just play a little better in the run game. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, and you put it really well, Chris. Take it as a first and second down fucking specialist right here, your boy. I've committed to that role about as hard as you can. When you have a nose guard, rookie nose guard with t- 22 snaps that plays well, and it's exactly what you said. It people are saying like, "Oh, we need to play him more." What that what means is 22 snaps that he's in there. 40 the plays. play call is committed to stopping the run. So yes. obviously it's going to be better. Yes. Teams aren't going to run these fucking whams that we're talking about against the three, four. It's just, it's yeah. not a play that teams, you know, it's yep. a nickel run. Yep. So like, it's just one of those stats. that's going to be so obviously skewed to anybody that doesn't know what the fuck. It's like when people at. tell me like, Hey, you know, the more rushing yardage a team has, the more, you know, they win. You know, the more a team <laughs> oh, runs the ball, a team's really? rushing numbers, you know, I'm like yeah. uh, causation, like, causation and correlation player. Yeah. Matt's, Matt's when in reality, me like a team's up, like, I'm 50, shocked so you know what the fuck to call that. <laughs> you mentioned how Aquanu had a tough matchup with Miles Garrett in his first game. How did you, uh, Hutch had a really tough matchup against Lane. That's how a really fair. That's a tough matchup. Hutch yeah. plays hard, man. He's going to be a good player in this league. I still don't think he has the length to be like, you know, one of those 15 sack guys, but. My man plays hard and he's stout. And um, I think what he discovered his first week is like, this is, it's a great baptism by fire to play the Eagles. Yeah. And it, he didn't play him. bad. He didn't play bad. He played fine. I'm just saying. He, he was close to finishing a couple of rushes. Yep. Man. He's, he's, I mean, dude, I'll never forget. When you're a rookie and you play in those first couple games, man, you're fucking all over the place. I remember one time I'm on the field and my lip, like I was had so much adrenaline. Connor Barman looks over me and goes, bro, are you okay? Your lips are fucking purple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm fucking spinning right too now. Too much. Uh, and there's a lot of that juice where you're like kind of on the ground a little bit too much. Like you're just so you're falling down. Up. Yeah, you're falling you're down. You're just like dude. a little bit out of control almost. So yeah. it's like can we just fucking wait to judge these rookies until like week six or seven? Exactly. You know? And it's like everybody loves to do it. And I love when our, there is nothing that like thrills me more than when a young guy comes out like week one or two and it's just fucking balls. Cause you're like, all right, man. Like, this guy's got a guy pretty good. He's yeah, ready, man. That, that doesn't necessarily mean when a rookie plays well week one or two that his ceiling is like Hall of Fame. But what he is, right. is he's a he's a high floor guy who's obviously right. pro ready. And so, yeah. you know. Or he's been put in a great position by his coaches yeah. who already know what kind of player he is, you know? Yeah. So, like, let's just fucking. And we all love to do it. And we're fucking sitting here judging all these players and everything like we do. 
and we love it. Like we love talking about players, Chris. Like that's what this entire podcast yes. is. But, yes. <laughs> but like, let's just fucking maybe wait a little bit to pass. You're going to get people to stop listening to the podcast. You're never coming on again. You're like, yeah. don't listen to people talking about football players. As we're talking about football players. <laughs> all right. So, so yeah. So yeah. Like, like, yeah. Pump the brakes a little bit. It's early, man. That's all. As we wrap yeah. this up, it's early. And I want to give you a couple games that I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, this weekend um, and Bo I'm going to task you with doing the same I want you to tell me which five games you're you're most excited about seeing this weekend as 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 I read my list number one for me is this Thursday night game it's the Chargers and the Chiefs I'm really excited to see that 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 ever since Justin Herbert had five minutes to prepare for the Chiefs and went toe-to-toe with those guys and ran over uh, one of those linebackers Remember, he ran over that linebacker on the sideline in his I debut. That. I was I like, that. this kid, I cannot wait he to watch. He fucking smacked him. The, yeah. the linebacker got up. He's adjusting his helmet. Dude, was shook. Yeah, dude. I've never seen that. It, it, Ooh, and then, and nice. then, and then, you know, just seeing this thing transpire over the last couple of years, it's gonna. Every time we get Mahomes and Herbert, we should celebrate. It's yeah. like celebrating being alive when you wake up in the morning. It is a blessing. It's a gift. The yeah. fact that that the NFL gods put Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in the same division and their uniforms are so beautiful and 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 it's just going to be awesome right, so Bob. number 1 uh Chargers Kansas City number 2 Vikings Eagles that's going to be awesome I want to see Lane Johnson in that offensive line against Hunter and Big Z Zadarius Smith I want to see the corners and what kind of plan they have for Jefferson because you know the the Packers back end thought they had a plan um Tampa Bay and New Orleans is my 3 because yeah. that's always a Fucking slugfest that Saints defense has owned the Bucks offense. So we'll see yeah. the Bucks down a couple guys if that's going to be any different. And it's going to be in New Orleans. You think it was loud in Jerry's world? Yeah, it ain't loud in Jerry's world. Okay, that's a fun place to play, man. It's dark. You know, there's yeah. like these fans that are just rabid right on yellow top lighting. There's yeah. a bunch of you know yin yang twins. Here we come to get crunk. <laughs> And then, like, stand up. And Drew Brees is fucking waving his arms and shit. Not anymore. All right. Four, I'm going Miami and the Ravens. Uh, I want to see I want to see Lamar play his future team. Um, and then uh, San Francisco, Seattle. And this is a gambler special. Not only am I just on the edge of my seat, I need a win. I picked the Niners to win the West, right? So people are taking victory laps on me because Trey Lance couldn't throw a fucking ball in a, in a last Boy Scout monsoon. I mean, yeah. like like you would have thought Wesley Snipes was gonna was gonna shoot somebody running towards the goal line. Am I am I thinking about the right? Uh, I thought it was Damon Wayans, but Damon Wayans. You would have thought Damon Wayans. I got the the. Uh, here's what I always get mixed up: the two most unrealistic rain scenes in movies, Last Boy Scout <laughs> and the Fan. Right, the Fan. Totally. Robert De Niro stabbing a player in the fucking yeah. steam room, dude. That movie was out of control. But the most out of control part of that movie was when they're out there playing through a fucking monsoon. You know, uh, but yeah, the, there was a lot of rain out there. I'm not gonna, I'm not judging anybody uh, with that much rain on the field. But here's the big, the big ticket, and I'll give this one out early. San Francisco, uh, given ten points. But last night, towards the end of that football game, Monday Night Football, Seattle's going crazy. People online are like, Seattle's pretty good, huh? I'm like, bro, like the little Giants might be able to win with that crowd. 
Okay, I've seen I've seen crazy things happen at that stadium. Let's not let's pump the brakes on Seattle winning the West. Whoever they play next week, I said I'm going to bet that other team. And this is perfect because you can buy low on the Niners. That's a lot of points, right, though, Chris? Yeah, put your nuts on the table. That's what this thing's about. You're, you're talking to a guy who's won eight out of his last nine NFL bets. Okay? I'm on fire. Can I say something real quick, Chris? Yeah, hold on. Lane's FaceTiming me. Let's see what he's got. Ooh. Yep. Son. Bo Allen's on FaceTime. You got anything to say? He's on the podcast right now. You're on the pod. You got anything to say to him? Yeah, I want to see what that body looks like, son. Hey, I bet he's hitting that gym hard. Oh, he looks so fucking good. I didn't want to take shirtless pictures around him in uh, in Montana because I was like, damn, I look worse than him. God, I'm uh, feeling fucking good. Because uh, uh, he feels a lot better now that he's not playing. Do you feel better now that you're not playing? No, nah, I feel like dog shit still. <laughs> he said, no, nah, I feel like dog shit still. Dog shit. Let me call you after this one. All right. So, so, uh, so Lane checking in. So, yeah, San Francisco, Seattle rounding out my top five games to watch this weekend. I'm excited, man. And, and winning bets makes you excited because you feel like, yeah. you know, there was a time period my first two years out of the league that I, like, NFL football gave me PTSD more than when I played because I was losing like a lot of bets. And now yeah. I've learned how to do it. You know, I've just learned how to do it. Who's your- Can you who, teach me, Chris? Cause I like, the, this oh, might be bad to admit on this podcast, but I low key don't understand sports betting. Ask me a question. I mean, I'll just ask Calvin Ridley or something, but- uh, <laughs> don't, don't ask him. I guarantee you, I guarantee you I've been betting more like, than I don't Ridley. understand. It's like, uh, so I made a bet with my buddy about the college football game, Wisconsin and uh, Washington State, which we fucking lost, which is, don't, whatever. Don't I wasn't going to bring that like, up. The line was like seven and a, or 17 and a half or something. A half, what the fuck is a half? How do you get a half point? What? How does this shit work? Oh, man. Well, Bo, on a I'm future segment, you, we'll break down it. all this well, gambling well, stuff. Yeah, like, like, yeah, in a future show, we'll Let's break it all down. Let's give me a little win bet account, baby. Let's, yeah. But it's nice. Like a full descent into degeneracy. Wait till I teach you about a teaser or buying points. You don't Ooh, like that 17 go. and a half? Buy a half point. Okay, so give me your top five uh, matchups this weekend. I mean, it's hard because you took so many of them. But, like, Los Angeles, Kansas City is a fucking no-brainer. And I was going to say Tampa, New Orleans, too, just because uh, Dennis Allen and the Saints defensively have kind of had Tommy's number, so that's a fun one to watch. But like, I'm trying to think of a couple others that you didn't pick. Uh, Washington and Detroit. Detroit favored for the first time in a game in fucking eons. They've been underdogs right. in 24 straight games before that. Um, I want to see Miami Baltimore. I think that'll be good. I'm gonna have to fucking pirate that one. God damn it! How do you fuck do you? How are you supposed to get all these? Your games, list is dude? chalk. Yeah, you got to get Sunday ticket. I got man. We'll put that Bro, in the contract. Got, yeah, perfect. Car fucking. Carolina, you're learning a lot. This is interesting. You're learning about being a fan, dude. I know. There's you, some annoying shit. East. People, yeah, I'm on Stream East. I'm about to throw my fucking iPad through the window. I bought NFL Plus. I'm giving the NFL my fucking money. Fuck that. I'm pissed about it. I'm the uh, Kelsey after the game. After it was like, hey, how we look, man? I'm like, dude, I fucking watched the first half live, and then I want to throw my laptop in a river. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Anyway, these other games that I like. Okay, we got uh, the we got the Ben McAdoo revenge game. New York, Carolina. No, New, New England, Pittsburgh is going to be fun. Yes. New, yeah, New York, Cleveland will be fun because I think we might get Mike White. 
Can I give you my fucking five? Okay, okay well, Los you're Angeles, taking forever. Kansas. You're taking me on more detours than fucking uh, than Chevy Chase. And it's late here, bro. My fucking vibe ants wore off. All right, here we go. Los Angeles, Kansas City. <laughs> okay. Is everybody on my staff medicated? <laughs> yeah, it, there's a no, reason. No, I mean, I have talent. I'm talking about the talent. you all day. Uh, Tampa, around New Orleans. Me. Chicken or the egg, motherfucker. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. All right. I want to know about how Los Angeles is going to respond after that fucking loss. And then I kind of want to see Tennessee Buffalo because I think that's going to be a physical game. And I think those are two like-minded teams. Another revenge game because if everybody remember in the pandy when when they were messing with the schedule and uh, Tennessee had a short week and people were like, they'll never beat Buffalo. And they proceeded to beat their ass and... They whooped that trick, as they say in the state of Tennessee. Um, they whooped that trick, and they they stiff-armed Josh Norman. That was the, the Josh Norman stiff-arm game. Yeah. We didn't even mention Cincy Dallas, only because Dallas is not a good football team. I'm actually looking forward to that Chicago at Green Bay game. I want to see Justin Fields at oh, hell yeah. um, Lambeau. Another reason why I'm not, I'm not too worried about the Packers is the defense is pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so like, you know, I told everybody to kind of relax on the Packers. For a number of reasons, defense is pretty good. Um, that's going to be an interesting game. But a, a note on the Packers, as they try to figure out who they can trust throwing the ball to, Mike Kosecki sitting down there in Miami. Yeah, and I'm wondering what I'm missing because, like, it seems like such an obvious situation. Well, I don't know if if people aren't talking about it because he's listed as a tight end, but you can split that guy out, put him wherever you want. Um, he had one target, one catch, one yard on Sunday. Far cry from a guy who had 112 uh, receptions last year, I think it was. Um, so, you know, like they obviously don't need him. Their leverage is, it's not great, right? Uh, yeah. But on the other side, neither is the Packers. Maybe they can get a deal done. I don't know. It's a deal that makes sense for both teams. That's a good idea. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I could see Gusecki up there. And I know they already have a tight end, but he's a different player. So, um, yeah, I could see him in green. I'm closing the show with something here. All right, six eight nine two seven eight. 3030. Okay. Hey, Socho, you read the man ratings are just a hotline. Leave a detailed message telling us who you think should have a higher rating and why. Hi, this is Chris Long, former defensive end in the NFL. I used to rush the passer a lot, and uh, let me just tell you, I was once like a, a 90 in your game. I could never do anything that Micah Parsons can do. Uh, I was supposed to leave my age. I'm 37. You guys are a bunch of idiots, honestly. I used to play for the Eagles. I'm not even a, a Cowboys fan. In fact, I kind of hate him. He's just like 10 points better than anybody on that team. I mean, like I saw some of your other ratings. I wasn't going to call you, but Micah Parsons left the number on Twitter. So I decided that I would call and give you a, a piece of my mind. And Chad Johnson's on your answer machine. Chad John, o- Ocho Cinco, he would, he's a friend of the program. He would never fucking rate Micah Parsons in 88. What are you guys smoking over there? Hey, tell them about Billy Turner. Try to get swag up. Yeah, and Billy Turner needs a higher like swag rating. Did you see him on the sideline Monday night? Guy's got sauce. He's got drip. You guys need to fix some shit. You know, I wasn't going to call you about anything else, but, I mean, Micah Parsons is an alien. Okay, give you new ankle flexion. Ever heard of it? Guy can, guy can run six inches off the ground. Chip awareness is like a 45 overall, though. Okay, Bo. <laughs> we want to have Micah Parsons on the show one day. I'm done. Is there like a limit on this message? Because I could go on. 
How about the spin move that he hit on Joe Haig the other night? I can tell you how it feels to do a spin move. You got to put a stab into somebody's chest or you got to chop down on their outside hand. Micah Parsons just ran up and spun in place inside of Joe Haig and then turned the corner inside, dude. Like, what more do you want from this guy? Okay, uh, 88. I got to go. I got a podcast to do. Green light. You guys should subscribe to it. You can learn something about pass rushers. Good night, Madden. So Micah Parsons wanted me to leave a message because I follow Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons wanted me to leave a message. Don't worry about broadcasting it to the world. I'm going to post this this uh, online. So uh, in the name of Micah Parsons, let's uh, let's let's end this show and uh, we'll we'll get back we'll get Bo back next Wednesday. Actually, I'm, I'm going to hold out until I get my contract signed. <laughs> Okay. Okay, Macon. Yeah. Okay, Macon. I woke up. I didn't wake up Sunday. Legitimately, hey, fucking on two hours sleep, I'm out there. I've strapped a mattress on my back to make money for this studio. Okay, me and Reader out there, fucking. You know, we're trying to make the money that we're going to pay you, Bo. And I wake up to a paragraph long text message from Macon about the contract. He's been at work for a week. Give me some time. You want you guys to get a fucking union or something, Dude, okay? Because I don't want to franchise tag my ass, bro. <laughs> oh, what if I just kept franchise tagging making? Franchise tag making. Say, so, hey, this is uh, this is actually com- commiserate with uh, another podcast. Uh, yeah. Salary. Uh, no, we found some good comparables. Um, we don't. Go ne- ahead and I, free agency. I don't negotiate with terrorists, okay? <laughs> So, listen, the, the deals will be there when the deals will be there. You guys want to go try your hand somewhere else? You want to go make that AQ Shipley money? <laughs> I've got an upcoming game I'm excited about. Okay. October 2nd, it's the uh, Legends Tailgate Party hosted by Chris Long. Oh, yeah. Bo Allen's going to be there. Yeah. Tickets can um, be found uh, be there? at the Chris Long Foundation. <laughs> yeah, we sent a contract. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Right. yeah, so October 2nd, if you're in the Philly area and you like the Eagles or you like me for some reason or Bo for some reason or Brent Selleck or LeGarrette Blunt or maybe a bunch of the mystery LG. guests that are going to roll up, we're going to be having a good time in one of the parking lots. I can't really tell you. I think it's the East parking lot. Parking lot at 201 Rose Boulevard. It's the Navy Yard, the Sunday, Navy October Yard. 2nd. So come to, the, come to the Navy Yard, October 2nd, and we're going to be doing it for a good cause. Are we uh, going to the game, too? Yeah, hell yeah. I'm the honorary captain player. You are? Yes. That's some fucking bullshit, bro. I didn't know that. I didn't know I was going back for your manager. in the house. No, I didn't know until they called me the other day. They said, That's I said, you know. fucking bullshit. I said, Tell you know, Howie I want a one-day contract. You said, <laughs> I'm, Honorary Captain Chris Long, as yeah. part of our fucking bid to get on green light, I want a one-day contract. <laughs> Fuck. Cut. How are tickets? Are, are you getting me tickets? Right, hey, we'll handle this here. offline, okay? See what I deal with? <laughs> no, this is the kind of content that I've been trying to want. close the show for five minutes. We got we got emerging markets talk with Carl Nassib, and now we got Bo hating on me for being an honorary captain. Honorary captain, what a fucking crock, crock of shit. shit. <laughs> Goodbye, Bo. Uh, we're going to have a special guest on the pod in about 30 seconds here. You ready for oh, this? Oh, yeah. Who is it? Send us home. Oh. Hey, Carl. <laughs> Carl, what do you think about emerging markets? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a fat hit today. Yeah, um, the market was bad. People are worried about inflation right now. That's what They're I hear. about the, the Fed is going to... Uh, 
do another rate hike soon. You know, I want to do some, I want to have some conversations about inflation. Like if the supply is so low, you know, over the last couple of years in so many industries and especially with like, I don't know, I, I could be speaking on my ass, but then that's only going to make things more expensive. And then also if you print $3 trillion, yeah. cut like those two things combined. And then another thing is the war in Ukraine, those three things. I'm like, you're going to have hyperinflation. Are you guys catching all this? Hyperinflation, the war in Ukraine. Yeah, inflation, printing money. Carl, we're gonna get on the pod Carl. at some point for a while. No, every pod yeah. from now on, Carl just needs to be like hanging out, drinking beer at your we're house. Gonna, he answers one seats. economic question a week. And we started with emerging markets. That was Bo Allen, Carl Nassib. Yeah, you guys be good, man. It's uh, it's it's good hearing from Carl. Tell him I said what's up one more time, and then uh, and Bo, we'll see you next uh, next week.